Welcome, gentle listener, and hearken to me hither. I wish to share with thee a sumptuous tale of desire. Reading alone certainly has its place, but some activities are rather more pleasant when shared. The annals of female erotica scarcely receive the accolades they hot. More's the pity. So it is that I seek to pay homage and tip my cap to the literary titans of our age. Let us escape together in wonderment, mystery, and lusty exultation, for these are bleak and uncertain times indeed. Perhaps within the dewy revelry of pulpy romance, we may hope to pluck away our cares and quench the communal thirst of our voracious appetites. Together, we shall curry the favor of gentle solace and ascend to the ethereal plane of our own imagination. Perhaps as we bask in the afterglow of titillation, we may kindle the fires for a brighter tomorrow? Or perhaps tis no more than a brief chance to get our proverbial rocks off. I beseech thee, nuzzle into your headphones and allow this humble token of slightly more than friendship to caress the trembling inner chambers of your mind. On today's Moist Lily mission, we find ourselves at the fringes of our intergalactic imaginings as we make contact with astrological arbiter Robin Lovett and her superlunary manor, Toxic Desire, Planet of Desire, Book One. We join military-grade megababe, Nimona, and her nemesis, the gleaming Adonis alien commander, Otin, amidst the smoldering wreckage of their space pod. Only moments ago, they were engaged in a deadly dogfight, having sworn fealty to their race. Their savage space skirmish results in both crash-landing on the mysterious planet of Firan. The two regain their senses long enough to realize it is no longer a desire for vengeance that they seek. The air is somehow hot, thick, Heavy. Horny? Indeed, the lines have blurred between science and magic as this sexy stalemate standoff morphs from dark and deadly to a lustful tussle. Will these two celestial super soldiers reconcile their daft dogmatic differences? Will the noxious toxins that permeate this pernicious planet placate or obliterate our interplanetary protagonists? Are we doomed to a life lost in space, adrift in constant carnal copulation? Or will our armor-plated service persons find the means to use their new bond to propel them to a greater beyond? After all, the survival of our very species may just depend on it. Something stirs beside me. My reaction is slow, my gaze heavy, and limbs lethargic with the fire racing through my blood. The creature dressed in black, the general, the human, rouses, and a fury starts in my core, the flames singeing through my veins blazing. 
His breathing is harsh and labored, so loud. I can hear it from inside his helm. He reaches for it, fingers fumbling in gloves, frantic. His groan of frustration is a sound so desperate and guttural, it shoots through me like the lasers he shot at me on the ship. The blaze coursing in me intensifies and pulses through every part of me, including my loins, which swell and strain. And I know not why. But then he removes his helm, or she. That is why. Her hair is cut to her chin, but her bone structure, her face, is an array of delicate cheekbones and full lips. Panting heavily, sweat dripping from her face, she pulls at her armor, yanking it off until she's wearing a white clinging suit, which is barely a covering at all. It molds over her chest, revealing high and tight breasts with round, rubied nipples outlined against the fabric. She tears off her gloves and stands to full height, rubbing at her body, scratching over her limbs. She feels it too, this burn, this heat. It is though she is trying to wipe it off her. Her movements are frantic, crossing over her hips and thighs. A grimace strains her features, and she grips her breasts hard and squeezes, as though trying to relieve a pain. It is the same for me, though mine is a pain to be doing to her exactly as she is doing to herself. To stroke her and feel her against me, to possess her body with my hands. Why I want to do this to a human is odd, and I do not understand my own desire. She releases one breast and drags her hand down her belly to press between her legs. The sound she makes is the most sexual thing I have ever heard. Her gaze lands on me, and there is no surprise or anger at seeing her enemy. There is only hunger. You are female, I rumble, and your, your mouth. Her words are broken by gasps and she rides against her hand and stares at my mouth. With a delicate tongue, she licks her lips. I mirror the gesture, try to lick mine, but instead feel my fangs descending. Venom drips from the tips, lengthening past my lip. The intoxicant tastes sweet on my tongue, but in a sickly way. The venom isn't meant for me to taste. It's an aphrodisiac meant for her. She tilts her head, exposing the column of her throat. A carnal need to bite her seizes me. There are reasons why I should not. Many reasons why this is wrong. Something is not right. None of this should be. Something about this planet, the air, the heat, the steam, is fucking with us. I force my gaze away from her and try to focus on what is around me. What is this place? I pant in her language, trying to think of anything but how my body feels. I don't know. Her voice is tight with pain. I glance back at her, and it is obvious she is trying not to look at me. But it does not matter that she is my worst enemy, whom I have trained my whole life to kill. And when she looks back at me, it does not seem to matter to her either that I just destroyed her ship and killed off a lot of her crew. Her gaze drags over my body with the kind of need that echoes mine. What is happening 
She gasps, her breathing rapid. This is awful. I do not know. The fire, scorching through me, burns away my ability to care why I should not want her. My mind is useless. The only way I can think to quench the flames within me is to sink my fangs into her. She sucks air through her teeth. Bite me. I am incapable of resisting her command. I grab her and haul her to me. She clings to me and leans her head back, exposing her throat once more. I bite, my fangs cutting into her flesh in one fast strike. She cries out and crushes my head closer to her, sinking my fangs deeper. The ecstasy is excruciating. The venom streams from my mouth into her vein. The convulsions start, whether in me or in her, I do not know. We are on the ground. I am on top of her, our bodies writhing, animal and greedy. My cock aches and pounds too hard for me to even think of undressing her, of opening her legs and fucking into her cunt with all the ruthlessness of which she is grinding against me. A scream of pleasure rings from her throat and she thrusts against me, her thighs vising my hips. The clothes separating us do not matter. I have to come. I orgasm so hard, I have to detach from her throat to let out my own climactic shout. It slices through my gut and short-circuits my brain. Rewired, unmade, I collapse over her and fall into blissful unconsciousness. He bit me. I asked him to. He gave me an orgasm. I made him come too. At least the burning stopped, or dulled. The heat lessens, and I am grateful. I don't care what I had to do to get it to stop. I don't care that the man, or male, Sedez, who destroyed my ship and half my crew, had to lie on top of me. I don't care that I begged him to bite me and fell victim to... to whatever the hell his fangs did to me and his body, all the rippling gold muscles in my hands, over me, trapping me. Damn, it was good. Whatever it was. I don't care that I should have killed him already, at that moment anyway. That'll change. This isn't me. I don't do this. I'm a career military woman. I don't fuck the enemy. I don't fuck anyone. I'm dedicated to my crew. My mission is everything to me, my entire life, everything my family sacrificed. The future of the universe could depend on what I was forced to leave behind on that ship. I don't know what the hell this planet is doing to me. I can't fathom how it's making me lose my focus, but this bullshit stops now. At least I no longer feel like I'm on fire from the inside out. That was the most excruciating pain followed by the most blissed-out orgasm ever. But whatever, I'll block that out. When my will to move returns, I push him off me and get away from him. I lean on my knees and breathe, nauseous, and I am horrified to feel a dull heat simmering in my core. That can't be the burn still there. But I slip my hands between my legs and rub myself. It sends a jolt up my spine. What the hell, I shout at the ground. I'm still swollen. This can't be happening. 
I rarely think about, much less need sex, an intentional byproduct of my bioengineering, but it doesn't seem to work here. Images of him and his fangs, what it would have been like if he'd taken off his leather pants and torn off my clothes, what his cock would have felt like, the one I felt between our layers of fabric, as big and hard as he is, thrusting into me, that body of loaded gold muscle fucking me. His skin was smooth under my hands, and cool, a refreshing cool next to my steaming skin. His hair, I touched it. The shining strands look coarse. The gold metallic appearance is deceptive. They were luxurious and soft. I want to touch it again. I want to twist my hand in his hair while he fucks me mercilessly. I come against my own hand. It's a murmur of climax compared to the one he gave me, but it clears my mind briefly enough to remember. He is my enemy, and I am unarmed. I glance back at him, and he is watching me, his hand massaging himself through the leather he wears. He totally saw me make myself come again. I force myself to focus. No matter how badly I'm craving to see what his cock looks like, there are more important things I need. All my weapons were attached to my armor, which is now lying helter-skelter, and he is between me and it. I spot his chest holsters lying on the ground and grab them. Their weight is significant. The pouches must hold more than knives, likely explosives by the heft. I stand, unsheath the fiercest-looking blade, and face him. He's still sitting. He stopped touching his cock, but his gaze is far from one at a disadvantage, which I suppose is true. He could swipe a leg at my ankle and bring me down. Not that I'd let that happen. Are you going to kill me now? He nods at his knife in my hand. I shake off the chill his voice sends through me. I should. Wouldn't it have been smarter to do that while I was in thrall? I enthrall you? I'm too shocked to play coy with it. He makes a grunting sound and stands. I don't miss how his gaze sweeps over me as he does. It lingers over my thighs and hips. He stares at my neck. That was not an attempt to kill you, I will say. I touch the two puncture wounds on the side of my throat. I surmised as much. If you let me lick it, it will heal faster. His voice lowers, even softens. The thought of him touching me, let alone with his mouth, has heat flooding my veins again. I'll heal on my own, thanks. My bioengineering is more advanced than that. His breath shudders, and he forces his gaze from me. Your choice. I don't know what to do. He's made no violent advances towards me but I can hardly let my guard down. What is this place, he asks, looking at the environment. This is nothing like we supposed Frian would be. Firan, this planet, the fire world, the fire world, its atmosphere is a haze of red. From space, we believed it engulfed in flames. I recall the star charts aboard my ship. You mean planet 6542? It's caused by a gas releasing from the planet's core. Is it toxic? He puts his hand to his chest. This burning feeling, it is being caused by something. He feels it too.
His gaze barely manages to stay on my face, drifting to my nipples and back to my lips. And this is why, even after I went rogue with my crew and could have abolished the gender-free regulation, I did not. If the others know I'm female, it changes everything, from how they speak to me to how they look at me. Best to just require everyone to wear their helms, armor, and voice scramblers. Then everyone is the same, and there is no sexist treatment. But now, thanks to this damn fire planet, heat thing, and my armor's inability to cope with the temperature, I've let my enemy know my secret. No orgasm, no matter how good, is worth that. Eyes on my face when you're talking to me. I point his knife at his chest. Something happens to his skin. It goes from smooth as mine to a thick texture, a diamond pattern slipping over the surface like a protective covering, almost like scales, almost like a serpent. What the? My knife hand falters, and he seizes my laps in attention. He grasps my wrists, keeping me from bringing the knife closer. Unlike you, I do not require external armor. I could test it. My knife work is good. I could release his hold and slice his forearm open. I could find out if his natural armor is as impenetrable as my shell-skin armor was. But his touch, the smoothness of his palm, he slides it down my forearm beneath the sleeve covering it. He strokes me with the pads of his fingers, and I become aware of how soft my skin is and how much he likes it. Why did you hide your sex, he asks. Female warriors amongst Sedez are rare and treasured. That breaks my hypnosis. To be treasured is to be inferior. I jerk my hand back. I am a soldier. I turn towards the escape pod, but by some trick of his fingers, he disarms me. I stare back at his hand. The knife I was holding now grasped there. I'm forced to concede his knife skills are superior to mine, which I shouldn't take as a blow to my pride. Knives are obviously his primary weapon, but I don't like being inferior in anything. Those belong to me, he nods at his holster, still in my other hand. His tone is deceptively casual. His stance, however, is ready to do battle. There's a cachet of weapons, my kind of weapons, in the bunker inside the pod. I calculate how fast I can get to them. It's a game of chance. I don't want to appear hostile. We have a good truce going on here, and logic says we'll survive this foreign planet better as a pair than alone. If you really want to try and kill me, go get your weapons, he nods towards the pod's interior. If I were a man, you wouldn't give me that chance. This is why I hide my sex. You're upset that I give you mercy? I don't want your mercy. He steps closer, invading my space, towering over me, though his knife is lowered. He's not pointing it at me, but he could in an instant. What do you want? I want you dead. Or that's what I wanted before. It's what I should still want. His eyes flash, as though he finds this exciting. Then why am I still alive? It's a taunt. He doesn't think I would kill him. You want more, don't you? I growl, pissed at myself for not killing him. 
pissed at him for knowing why. He leans his mouth down to my ear. You may not like me knowing you're female, but since I do, you're dying to be fucked. Anger seethes in me, and I swing his ten-pound holster at his head. He ducks in time, but it throws him off balance. It leaves me an opening, and I charge him. Even his big frame is no match for the full impact of my body slam. I knock him to the ground and snatch another knife from his holster. I get the blade to his neck, but not before he gets his knife to mine. Stalemate. He chuckles low in his chest. What's funny, I say. I'm as likely to kill you as you are me. Go ahead, try to cut me. See what happens. Curious, I press the blade against his skin, but it scrapes over the protective covering and nothing happens. No give, no indentation. I'm baffled, and in my surprise, he gets the better of me and flips me onto my back. He knocks the wind from my lungs and traps my legs with his. And since you took your arm off, you are at my mercy now. I struggle, but only briefly. He's trapped me. He learned my moves of pressing him away with my legs. My other mainstay, breaking his nose with my forehead, isn't an option with a blade at my throat. Bastard. I do not plan to kill you. Not yet. I need information from you, and I need you to operate the support system on that pod, because I do not know how. I grasp his hand, testing his strength against mine. He doesn't budge. You need me for more than that. Admit it. The burn is heating inside me again. Having him on top of me makes it worse. The weight of him has me hungering for another of his mind-bending orgasms, except this time with him fucking me. I shift my hips and feel his cock hard against my belly, long and thick. It could be its flaccid state. I don't know, but going by the heat in his eyes, it's not. A growl rumbles low in his chest, and he fingers the puncture wound on my neck. They'll heal before the day is over. All trace of them will be gone by tomorrow. But he stares at the mark, and his mouth parts to reveal his fangs, lowering again. I watch them protrude past his lips, his tongue licking the tips. His tongue, it's forked. If I wasn't inflamed between my legs, I am now. With my thighs pressed together between his legs, a wetness seeps onto them. I can't help it, not with the thought of his jewel-tongued tips licking through the thick folds between my thighs. I whimper, and I can't believe the sound is coming from me. I close my eyes and turn my head away, forcing myself to breathe. He gets off of me. I sit up, resting my head between my knees. Whoever this person is, this me who craves sex like she needs air, I don't know her. She is foreign, and I don't know how to deal with her. My anger at myself twists my stomach almost as hard as my hatred for him does. It's his damn fault we're in this mess, his brutality that destroyed my entire life's mission, and this God's forsaken planet that has me hungrier for sex with him than for a desire to get revenge and kill him. It has to be something about this place causing me to feel this way. I need answers. I stalk 
to the pod and pull its portable computer from the control console. Whatever is in the atmosphere burning through my lungs and veins has to be causing this. There's no other reason why I would want to fuck this male who has cost me everything. Was that good for you too, gentle listener? Should your thirst for this particular tale be yet unslaked, look no further than the Amazon, or perhaps your local book merchant. I've taken the liberty of including links to the author's work in the story notations. If you have enjoyed your visit, please be sure to sing praises of the lily on high to your acquaintances, significant others, and fellow personages of estimable taste. Bellowing from either rafter or rooftop is cautiously encouraged. However, five-star reviews and social media shares are preferable. Should you be so inclined, one may also happen upon news, updates, and a veritable plethora of other such erotic goings-on at www.moistlily.com. I bid you warm and dewy salutations until our next chance encounter.